is Church History in 10 Minutes, where you can learn everything you need to know about church history in 10 minutes. My name is Aaron Land. I'm the lead pastor at Waleska First Baptist Church, and I teach New Testament and theology at the Global Institute for Theological Training. Last week, we looked at the Arab conquests. Muslim invaders conquered most of the Mediterranean basin. Christianity had shifted north into Europe to escape the Muslim invaders. Jerusalem, as well as many other ancient Jewish and Christian centers, had been taken captive and were under Muslim rule, and the empire had been divided. Christian leaders had rapidly militarized the Christian empire to defend against the growing tide of Islam. But within the Christian empire, a spirit of conquest was growing. Charlemagne was crowned emperor by Pope Leo in the year 800 AD. And in many ways, Charlemagne was the first of his kind. He was the first emperor to be crowned by the Pope. He was one of the first emperors to rule as both the political and religious leader of the empire. He appointed bishops as well as generals. Charlemagne helped the empire to regain its confidence. During his reign, there was a period of educational reform and growth. There was a time of monastic reform, and there was great economic growth. In fact, the kingdom was expanding to the north. By the 11th century, after two centuries of growth and expansion, the empire had become hungry for a conquest of its own. But this was a Christian empire, so they needed a Christian cause. There were two main causes that Pope Urban II put forth when he called for the First Crusade in the year 1095 AD. The first was that Constantinople in the east was being threatened by Muslim invaders. If there was to remain a hope for a united empire, the Western Empire would have to come to the rescue. And the second cause was that the Holy Land had for two centuries been under Muslim rule. Christians in the north believed that the Holy Land and its relics were of spiritual value, and they wanted it back in Christian hands. While the Crusaders would accomplish these two tasks, their success would only be temporary, and it would come at a great cost. When Pope Urban II at the Council of Claremont called for an armed expedition to the Holy Land, his call was met with cries from the crowd of Deus Walt, God wills it. This would become the battle cry of the Crusades. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest, laughing back and forth at what the other has to say. Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. Never ever thinking there was danger in the water they were drinking, they just guzzled it down. Never dreaming that a scheming sheriff and his posse was watching them and gathering around. Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest, jumping fences, dodging trees. The crusade was led by Admar, Bishop of Poi. The crusaders marched first to Constantinople, where they converged with crusaders from the east. They then marched to Nicaea, the capital of the Muslim Turks. 
With much difficulty, they moved south across Asia Minor to Antioch. The siege of Antioch was painful and difficult. As often occurred, the leaders of the army inspired the soldiers with visions and sacred relics. Supposedly, these had been given to confirm God's blessing on their mission. Now, we need to keep in mind that these crusades, while conducted under a Christian banner, were filled with unjustified acts of terrible violence. For example, when the Christians sacked the Turks at Antioch, they rounded up the women of the city and killed every last one of them. One soldier, actually boasting in the holiness of the Christian army, said this, We did nothing evil to the women, but simply speared them through. The army finally got its first glimpse of Jerusalem on June 7th in the year 1099 AD. The Christian army believed that its mission was a holy one, and thus they begged God for support. They would march around the city barefoot, singing hymns. A few days later, the crusaders launched a full attack on the walls of Jerusalem. The battle was fierce. Finally, on July 15th in the year 1099, one solitary knight was able to reach the top of the wall and hold it long enough for others to join him. The defenders of the wall fled, and the crusaders swept into the city. It's hard to imagine that the atrocities committed by the crusaders in the aftermath of their victory could be committed by an army flying under the banner of Christ. But history paints a grim and shameful picture of the events that took place after the crusaders took Jerusalem. They took no prisoners. They killed every last defender in the city. But they didn't stop there. They raped the women and they threw infants against the wall of the city to kill them. Even the remaining Jews in the city, who had hidden in synagogues for protection, were burned alive. It was without a doubt one of the darkest moments in Christian history. It's best for us to understand the Crusades not as individual campaigns, but rather as a period of time dominated by this crusading spirit or ideology. For the next 200 years, Christians and Muslims would jockey for position throughout the East. Some of the campaigns had relative success, but most were failures. In fact, the Muslims took Jerusalem back in the year 1187. This crusading period lasted until roughly 1291 AD, when the Crusades finally ran their course. During this time, Nobles and peasants would venture to the Holy Land for periods of time to fight, and then after a time, they would return north. This 200-year period had some pretty major and far-reaching consequences on Christianity and on the world in general. First, and most obviously, the Crusades fueled and fanned the flames of enmity and mistrust between Christians and Muslims. The events of the Crusades would not be forgotten easily. The blood that was spilled during the Crusades continues to resonate today in the tension that continues to exist between Christians and Muslims. The second conquest is seen in the rise of the papacy to absolute power in the empire. The popes got into the habit of appointing emperors. They would call for crusades, they would select the leaders, and they would plan their course. The pope began to be recognized internationally as a political authority 
and head of state. This change would shape the next several centuries, and the Pope's authority would not be called into question again until the Protestant Reformation. The third consequence of the Crusades was the overwhelming increase in the veneration of relics. Bishops, popes, and knights had all used supposed holy relics to inspire confidence and vigor in their slacking troops. But the use of such relics didn't subside after the Crusades. Instead, the veneration of relics became commonplace. Another consequence was the militarization of the monastic orders. Monks, who had once been dedicated to quiet reflection and contemplation, were now specialized warriors. The Order of St. John of Jerusalem and the Templars were just a couple of these militarized monks. Finally, there was one consequence of the Crusades that has had a positive impact. The absence of the nobility, who were off fighting in foreign lands, created a vacuum back home in Europe. The nobility and the feudal system in general had long stifled educational or economic growth. In the absence of the nobility, a middle class was formed by skilled laborers who began trading with each other. These specialized workers began to grow economically and thus politically. They came to be known as the bourgeoisie, and they would be instrumental in many events in history, including the Protestant Reformation and both the American and French revolutions. On the whole, the Crusades were an astronomical disaster. The consequences of the Crusades are still felt today. But the end of the Crusades brought new light and a hunger for reformation. Join us next week as we begin to see some of the building blocks of reformation being laid. Build your kingdom here, let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand, heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire, win this nation back. Change the atmosphere, build your kingdom. Pray.